Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Episode 175 of Blue Jays Nation Radio is brought to you by Botano, the 2023 EGR brand of the year. Everything you need if you want to get in on the action, throw a few shekels down on some Major League Baseball action. Botano's got you covered. 19 plus, please play responsibly. The game starts now at botano.ca. Coomzee. Listen, we said 10 and five was the goal or the minimum for that stretch. They at least had to go 10 and five. Um, That's not impossible. We shouldn't like totally write off this stretch against, you know, these quote unquote bad teams after losing two or three to the Guardians. But that was not ideal. That was not the way that was supposed to start. Yeah, I mean, look, we haven't necessarily reach the easy part of the easy part of the schedule. You got this first little bit where you're playing teams that are still capable of winning games before you get to Colorado, Oakland and Kansas city. But to be completely honest, given the way things are going right now, I'm not sure there is a team I'm comfortable with the blue Jays going up against and no matter what pulling out a win, like if it's a, you know, if they were going up against their own triple a team, the Bisons, I'm not <laughs> a hundred percent confident they come up with a W that's just where the vibes are at right now. And this weekend against Cleveland, man, that was a slog. That was, that was difficult baseball to consume. It's hard. It's hard to feel good about that, but we'll, we'll try our best to manifest some positive vibes ahead of Washington. Well, let's maybe let's start with it. Let's go into our three up three down and let's maybe go in like a bit of a reverse order here. Cause I kind of want to start with the third game of that series. It's without a doubt, the most disappointing of the bunch, just because they had so many chances to finish that game off. I think our first down is just their inability to end that third ball game of the series. You look in the ninth inning, Danny Jansen ropes a double off the warning track. Boom. You're thinking he's runner on second, none out. Kevin Biggio squares up to bunt. Okay. The matchup wasn't great for him because it was a lefty lefty thing. I was kind of like, you know, it made sense to an extent to just move Jansen over a base. Well, Jansen doesn't necessarily run that well. The plan completely implodes two batters later. The innings over because Jansen got thrown out at third and they hit into a double play. And then you have again in the 10th after a great little run from the bullpen, Runner on second, none out because it's extra innings and you can't finish it off again. The lack of clutch hitting cam, that, that's got to be the first down. It straight up cost them this series. 
Yeah, it was infuriating because you also you had some kind of clutch hitting too, right? You know, yeah. David Schneider hits the double, Dalton Barshow scores him. I think before that happened, we all sort of thought that they were just going to, you know, slowly sulk towards a loss. And to their credit, they did come back and stretch the game out and give themselves a chance to win. Mm-hmm. But the... The, the thing with the Jansen double, and as soon as he hit that and he winds up on second base, you almost kind of knew that they were going to find a way to mess it up. And I mean, I'm not sitting here trying to just be like all doom and gloom negative and be that guy where you just predict that outcome because it's you're, you're going to be right a lot if you bet, you know, against the team and you say that things are going to go poorly. You're going to be right a lot. And that's just the way that it is. But when they hit that double and BGO squaring around to bunt, there was just like a feeling there's like, there's no way this is going to work. And it goes all the way back to spring training. When John Schneider said, we're going to be all about our details. We're going to be this. It's almost like he kind of created a little bit of like a meme throughout the entire season for everybody following the team, because on so many instances, you just see that they don't really have these little details, right? No one does. That's what baseball is like. You play 162 games and no one's ever going to be anywhere close to perfect. Even the best teams mess things up, but you know, it was almost like it's it's almost like bulletin board material for the fan base when you say stuff like that. And there's just no way to live up to that expectation. But, you know, for years, people have been saying, oh, man, the Jays, they'd be a better team if they could lay down a button, play small ball, but win in the late innings. But that's not how anyone plays anymore. Cleveland won this game with extra base hits. Ramon Laureano hitting, you know, home runs, guys like that. Um, that's how baseball games are won now. And I think Kevin Biggio has been hitting the ball well lately and kind of taking the bat out of his hands in that situation, even though it wasn't a great matchup. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm really not sure that this is how this team is going to find success, having them shorten things up and not necessarily play as who they are and instead try and be this old school team. I just don't think it's going to work. And maybe that's part of the reason why the bats never really fully have woken up this year. I think they're kind of trying to be something that they're not. I have a bit of a complaint and you and I have, you know, the John Schneider thing. It's it's very easy to jump on a manager um, when there's things like the bullpen management. And I saw some people being like, oh, he John Schneider's bullpen management cost them game three. It absolutely did not. I mean, there was no decision he made there that really caused me to yeah. raise an eyebrow. Tim Mesa gave up his first earned run since July 25th. That was the only thing <laughs> wrong with what the bullpen really did in that game. Aside from, I guess, Jay Jackson kind of throwing a couple of meatballs over the plate. But the decision I was mad about, and I'm only bringing it up because I was mad about it in the moment, was the pinch run for, for Davis Schneider. You're down yeah. by one at that point. Schneider runs good. He's not a slow runner. It's not like you had, sorry to use him here, Alejandro Kirk at second base in this situation. Schneider probably would have scored on any hit that Kiermaier was going to score on. And when you're down by one in the eighth inning, you're kind of sitting there going, you you know, extras could be coming. You know, you might need to get through ninth, a 10th inning. There was a good chance David Schneider was going to get another at bat in that game if you left him in. And the decision to swap Kiermaier for him, I think it was really short sighted. And then also, if we want to play a little ripple effect game here. If you had Kevin Kiermeyer on your bench when Danny Jansen hit that double in the ninth, yep. you might have put him in and he might have beat that throw to third base. And this game might have been over in the ninth inning. I didn't like that decision from from Schneider to remove <laughs> Schneider from the game. I felt like it was a little bit of over managing the situation. 
Yeah, I don't I don't disagree with you. It also it also points out, given the two games that he had on on Saturday and Sunday is why on earth was he not playing at all before this as though, you know, I again, I I mentioned the BGO has been playing well and it's totally valid to want to have him in the lineup. But why is David Schneider sitting on the bench in favor of Santiago Espinal? It makes no sense whatsoever. Espinal's had a, a really rough year, even defensively. It's it's just not there. And then circling back to another thing you brought up is people were blaming John Schneider's uh, bullpen management in this game and it's like man the 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 jays haven't not been in a close game in forever like they 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 hardly ever have blowout wins laughers where they can rest their bullpen like these guys are having to go all the time you see that eric swanson now he's on the injured list um he's pitched so many innings like what he's gonna you know shatter his career high and that's when you look up and down the pitching staff that's what you have is all these guys who are approaching or are probably going to pass their career high in either games or innings pitch and it's like it's not necessarily easy to manage a bullpen where guys are taxed and you're in a tight game every Every single day, and you don't think that you know you know you, you think that if your team scores two or three runs early in the game, that those might be the only runs that you get. So I'm not going to sit here and be critical of John Schneider for this weekend. The the Sunday game, yeah, I guess I, I don't like the. I agree with you on the pinch running thing. I agree with you on the bunt decision as well. But at the end of the day, like get a clutch hit. They only really had one or two in that entire game, and that is what it came down to. Yeah, if you bring in a runner from second in the 10th inning, again, this this episode of the pod has a totally, totally different oh, yeah. vibe to it. Um, so the first down, just simply the fact it was the lack of clutch hitting. Um, if we wanted to give it down from the other loss in this series being the first game, um, what is it? Is it Chris Bassett maybe having one of his, I'm not going to say one of his worst starts, yeah. but that certainly wasn't one of his best. I guess, yeah, Bassett wasn't great. But then again, if we're looking back at the Friday game, the, the the story of this game was the absolutely limp offense. Bassett allowed four earned runs over five and two-thirds, I think it was. He didn't quite clear six. So a perfectly good enough start that you should win. Like, it's not like Bassett came out and threw a master class. But then again, that's pretty much what the starters are having to do these days unless otherwise the team's going to have no chance of winning. Because in this game, it was you know, it felt late. Like there was, there was no prayer. Like it, it, it didn't feel like a late August, early September crunch time game. It felt like a game in April or May where there was, and we, we, we talked about this last time because it's hard to kind of explain what urgency looks like in baseball, but I guess maybe it's that when you're at bats in a, an, an important game for the playoff race, look like that late in the game against a team you should be beating. Like, the offense just looked devoid of any kind of energy whatsoever. And I'd say for me, that was the big down on Friday was just like a, a, just a completely limp performance offensively. The third down probably comes from the third game as well. And it's the fact that within the matter of what an inning, so 20 minutes, the blue Jays lose both Matt Chapman and Bo Bichette with Bichette. I know they said it wasn't classified as, you know, the same knee that kept him out of the lineup for a handful of weeks. Um, Matt Chapman, it is the same finger that kept him out of line for a bit. But with Bo, I think the concern would be if it's a guy who maybe came back from a previous injury too fast, his body could just be naturally overcompensating when he's running. Like it could lead to other issues. Um, It is definitely concerning to see both those guys go down. One, because Bo Bichette is their most impactful bat. Two, Matt Chapman is a damn good third baseman. And three, if both of them are out, what the hell are you doing on the left side of your infield? 
Yeah, I mean, I guess everybody who's been uh, getting excited about seeing some of those Buffalo Bisons guys coming up might get their wish. Maybe now is the time that we'll finally see like an Addison Barger. They've been we've been talking about that since spring training hasn't happened yet. Spencer Horowitz came up for a couple of games back when they were playing Miami in like June. Uh, he looked pretty good offensively. And then the other name there is Aurelvis Martinez. The and he's only 21 years old and just came up to AAA halfway through the year, promoted from Double A, and he's been killing it offensively. So. So there's a handful of options there. I, I mean, given the way David Schneider's performed, and it's again, like I said, it's shocking they they want to have him on the bench and not playing, given the way he's seeing the ball. Maybe it is just a good idea to give these kids from AAA a chance, bring some new energy up. It can't be worse than what they have going on right now, because even the fully healthy version of the Jays, you know, Bo got back, Jansen, Chapman, all at the same time in Cincinnati, even with the fully healthy lineup, quote unquote. The bats still didn't really wake up. There was a few games where they did score a handful of runs, but they just never, they still haven't really hit their groove. So I don't know. Maybe it's just kind of like hoping something good happens, like maybe bringing the guys up from the Bisons just brings another spark, just like Schneider did in Boston. Maybe these injuries are short term and they don't really matter. And we're not even really having this conversation. Who knows? But at this point, I'm not too concerned if it winds up being, hey, let's give uh, Barger Horowitz a run. Let's see what happens. I, I'm I'm down for a new energy on the team, a new vibe. Hey, if they give you half the production that David Schneider has given you in his first 11 career games, you're probably going to be happy with whoever comes up from AAA. Uh, another kind of topic I wanted to touch on. It's not really an up, but it's not really a down either. It was the start we saw from Yusei Kikuchi. Six innings, gave up the four earned runs, struck out eight batters. That was really encouraging to me because he fought through adversity in that start. And that right there, I think, again, shows that Yusei Kikuchi is just a totally different pitcher than we saw 12 months ago. But also the six innings on that stat line earlier in this season, we'd seen John Schneider. Yusei Kikuchi could have almost had a no hitter going through four. And if he gave up a walk that third time through the order, Schneider was yanking him and Kikuchi would get pissed off like pretty visibly. And in his previous start before this one, again, Schneider kind of talked about how he pulled Kikuchi and Yusei wasn't very happy. The fact that Schneider let him go six and Kikuchi kind of rewarded him by grinding through the adversity and turning in a really solid start again, striking out eight batters. That's encouraging me down the stretch here that this, the Jays coaching staff is maybe starting to trust Kikuchi a bit more. Yeah. I think he's definitely earned that. And it kind of circles back to a point that I made a few minutes ago, which is this bullpen pitches a lot, a lot, a lot. Like there are very infrequently as their games where the main guys aren't being leaned on to either keep the game close, protect the lead, whatever. So we, we've kind of complained in the past about the strategy of pulling Kikuchi way too soon in the fifth inning or something like that. There's been a, a handful of instances where that's happened and everyone shakes their head thinking, why not just let him go? Like I'd rather see, you know, Kikuchi allow a bomb in the fifth or sixth inning and let him rip while he's playing well, then have the reliever come in and blow it, whatever. Right. And I think, I think what this, what this instance kind of showed was the bullpen's been so taxed. So why not just let your starter go? And Kikuchi showed that even in a game where he doesn't have his best stuff, he's just, he's fine. He can get through it, which is so different than last year when, you know, if he (laughs) he almost never had it. But if he didn't have it, it would just be an implosion and things would go south so quickly. Think of like, you know, a 2013 R.A. Dickey start where all of a sudden he walks three or four guys in a row. It was almost like that. But now with Kikuchi, 2023 Kikuchi, the revenge tour, you just don't see that anymore. He can even without his best stuff, he can just grind through. 
get balls on the ground, you know, strike a guy out. It's, it's a completely different picture. And it's honestly really, really quite incredible to see. But that being said, again, it's a shame that it's a pretty solid pitching performance here and still just can't win. And that's really been the whole story. Frustrating series for the Blue Jays. And again, we have said this so many times over the last month, really feels like a microcosm of their season, that three gamer against the Cleveland Guardians. Jays dropped two of three, the path to a wild card spot. Well, we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later. Let's talk about some of the positives that we did see in this series, because again, even though that was a very disappointing result, there were some good things to pull from it. Number one is obviously Davis Schneider. You keep this guy in the lineup going forward. I don't give a shit about the matchup. I don't give a shit about who doesn't hit that day or what outfielder you have to take out so he can play whatever. Davis Schneider needs to be an everyday player for this team. You ride this train till the wheels fall off. Like I know he had a couple of rough series there, but again, I think if you just kept playing this guy, the results are going to keep coming. He has earned an everyday spot in this lineup. There is quite literally no argument against it. Yeah, no, there's <clears throat> so since the Boston series, like he comes up and he has the what was it, nine hits in three games against Boston. His OPS is like 2000. Since then, he's been in eight games. His batting average is 292 on base is 414, slugging is 792. So a 1200 OPS with three dingers, six, six RBIs, walked five times, struck out 11. Like, and that's since the great series in Boston. So like, even if you shake that all off and you're like, you know what, this was just like an anomaly. This guy came up and had an inexplicably good series. It's not going to continue. Even if you believe that, then look, since then it's sporadically coming in and out of the lineup, sitting on the bench for five days at a time, and then finally getting into the game and hitting. And it's, you know, there's so many guys that aren't producing. You may as well just see what you got here. And then again, circles back to the point that I had earlier. If there's going to be a chance to bring up some of these guys from Buffalo, go ahead and do it because maybe it's not idea, uh, not a bad idea to have some different energy on your team where there's guys who are playing for their careers. They're playing for a job next season. They're playing to impress. And we're going to see a team right away here, the Washington Nationals. They're coming through and it's a whole bunch of random young guys who are competing to be on the opening day roster next year. They're trying to prove a point. It's a bit different than having, you know, veteran players who have established themselves. They have contracts. They've been paid. It's it's a very different situation. And you get some of those younger players who are trying to prove a point, have them in the lineup every day, and it might completely change things like Schneider just uh, who knows if he'll ever be this good ever again. If he winds up having a good major league career, if he can sustain anything close to this over the course of a season, who knows who gives a shit at this point? Just ride it. Now you have a guy who's hot. See how long it lasts. Just keep going. And I don't see an excuse for him, any excuse for him sitting on the bench for an extended period of time. Again, this season There's only a month left. Like ride this guy's bat. Uh, it, it's a real kind of sicko take, but if you want to look for an upside to the injuries, it's that it does get easier to slot Davis Schneider into this lineup somewhere. He hasn't, he's barely played any third base. So I don't think you could trust him there, but I, I mean, I don't even really know what you do. Like if both Bo and Chapman can't play in this series against the Nats, <laughs> I, who you have Espinal short and what you're putting Kevin Biggio at third base, you move Vladdy back to three and then play belt at one. Like it's insane. Like, what are you going to do? I think you, you got to call up the kids from Buffalo. Give give Barger yeah. a chance to play third base. He's a natural third base when he's been swinging it like crazy in Buffalo. Call him up. Call the kids up. Like you need you need a vibe change here. You need a vibe change. I'm just uh, double checking my Twitter at the time of us recording this. No news yet on if uh, any roster moves are coming for the Jays. 
that's probably good news. The fact that, you know, we've kind of gone not quite 24 hours, 20 hours since those injuries happened. And we haven't heard of a call up or anything like that. So uh, we will Mm -hmm. see Jay's at home to Washington. So a quick trip from Buffalo, if they do decide to recall anyone for this for the upcoming series against the Nats, Uh, David Schneider, obviously our big, big up Uh, second. Do we want to give it to Hunjin Ryu who just, they were talking on the broadcast. They were like, Hey, listen, this guy is pitching to prove that he can still play in the majors. Like he's pitching for another contract and Dan and Buck were kind of like, ah, you know, it's not going to come with the Jays, but for other teams out there and I'm watching the way this guy's dealing right now. And I'm going, why is his next contract not going to be with the Jays? Why would you not want this guy back? Yeah, that's a weird one. I, I, I wouldn't have expected to hear that. It's just, they're kind of wiping off the idea of Hengen Ryu not coming back. I mean, you know, they signed him to the the big contract back in, what was that, 2019, December, I think? Yeah, because it was right before the COVID season. And, you know, they got that amazing season there. He pretty much dragged them to a playoff spot. He was their one reliable pitcher. The next year starts off really well, kind of falls off late down the stretch. 2022, the year's pretty much wiped, only made a few starts. This year, he's come back and he looks the best he has since the very beginning of that contract. And I mean... Given the way he's going right now, I don't think the idea of a one or two year contract bringing him back is a bad idea at all. I mean, the Jays have a pretty set rotation moving forward. They have all these guys locked up into next year, including Alec Manoa, as well as still under control, plus some arms coming up. But I don't know. We saw this year they only had five starters because there wasn't a sixth guy. Mitch White didn't work out. The names in Buffalo didn't work out. So. I don't know. I don't think the idea of going into next season with Manoa penciled as your sixth starter is a terrible idea. I don't know if penciling him as a guaranteed spot into the rotation is 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 a recipe for success, per se. It's, it's very hard to say. So, I mean, the way that Ryu's gone so far, I'd be personally, I'd be thrilled if they brought him back for another season. I've really loved watching him pitch uh, since coming back from Tommy John. He's he's looked the best that he has since the first season of his contract with the Jays and It's interesting to think like what kind of money that could command on the open market, though, because everyone needs pitching so bad. There might be somebody out there who gives them you might get like a huge contract. Honestly, who knows? But who knows? And and definitely an interesting thing to think about. Yeah. Um, The third up from this series again, Ryu, excellent. David Schneider, excellent. If this is the start of Vladdy heating up for a. Remember last year, what was it? September or Botember, whatever we called it. If Vladdy's about to do that for us. I'm going to be real excited, Coombsy, because two dingers in that series, the long ball coming around for Guerrero Jr. Now, his his approaches at the plate weren't necessarily better by any means, but from the perspective of getting some confidence and getting his swagger back, hitting two dingers in three games has got to do that for Vladdy. If that's a sign he's starting to heat up, that is a very, very good good piece of information for this blue jays team yeah they need it i mean we've we've been pretty, we've we've harped on them like quite a bit on the on on this show in the past and i think we've definitely said look if vladimir Guerrero jr was hitting even like last year's vladimir Guerrero jr not even 2021 wiping that from the equation if he was just last year which is the well above average all-star caliber first baseman if he was that then it would be a big game changer on the team because as of right now he's been like a replacement level first baseman decent defensively you know 775 ops 20 home runs like 2015 Justin spoke kind of thing. And that's not what you're expecting. So if you can just go and get what you had from him last year, that'd be huge. And we, we saw this down the stretch last year. Bobachette had a pretty bad season in 2022 from April to August. And then in September, 
completely flipped the narrative and turned his whole season around. And I think if you just talk to most people casually, I, I would say that most don't even remember that in June or July of 2022, people were like, Oh yeah, this guy is not the shortstop of the future. Like I'd rather see all-star Santiago Espinal playing there every single day. And it's, it's pretty funny how quickly things can change. And if Vladdy can go through that kind of thing this year, we'll all forget about the first bit of his season. And we'll all remember the huge September that helped the Jays make make the playoffs in his last seven games he is hitting 345 with an ops just north of 950 so things are trending in the right direction for vladimir guerrero jr hits in every game against the cleveland guardians hopefully he's turning things around uh we talked about the injuries to bowen chapman i totally glossed over the fact that eric swanson has been put on the 15 day il he was hurt in the first game sorry in the second game of that series my reaction to that was there was no surprise on my face. This is a guy who has now pitched the most innings in his major league career. Um, and it's only August 28th. They have been using him a ton. The fact that his body eventually gave out again, considering how much they used him relative to what his usage has been like earlier in his career. I was honestly not that surprised. Hopefully it's only a 15 day thing. And in the back half of September, they get guy back. Yeah, there was, this was coming. There was, there was no doubt given how much Eric Swanson had pitched in like the first half of the year, they leaned on this guy a ton and the bullpen now has enough depth that if anyone's not feeling hundred percent, if there's something wrong, then just put them on the injured list. It was, you know, earlier in the month with, with Trevor Richards, he had a little neck problem. So they, they stashed him away for 15 days, came back just fine. Doesn't miss a beat. So uh, same thing, even with Jordan Romano, they, they, when he had the back issue from the all-star game, they tried to grind it out a little bit. Like, Oh, we, you know, we'd rather not put our closer on the injured list. But at the end of the day, there was enough depth that they could put him away for a little while to get better. And that's, that's what you need. You, you know, like there's so little room for error at this point that having a slightly injured reliever, try and grind through it just isn't going to work. They definitely have enough depth to compensate. And, you know, the hope is, is come mid September when you get to those really, really difficult series against the Yankees and the and the Rays, I don't know if calling them really, really difficult is fair, but they're going to be harder than what we're kind of seeing in the coming days with the Colorados and the Oaklands and stuff like that. This part of the schedule is the part of the schedule where if someone's going to miss some time, then it's easier to navigate than later in the season. You'd rather not have three or four guys on the injured list when you're playing the Yankees and the Rays. Yeah, without a doubt, you want Eric Swanson back when the games get a little bit tougher and yeah. You can never write off a series at the trop, no matter how the Rays are doing. And the Rays are suddenly playing good ball again. Like it's the least surprising thing ever that like Wander Franco's gone, Shane McClanahan's done, and somehow the Rays keep chugging along. Um, anyways, Jays dropped two or three to the Cleveland Guardians, and now things oh the path to a wild card spot, and we'll touch on this in a second with the AL East report cam. The point I kind of wanted to make was you're two and a half back right now. Not ideal but you only need to catch one of Houston, Texas, Seattle, just mm -hmm. one of them. It's totally different than like, let's look at the national league, for example, in a team like Miami, three games back of the wildcard spot. And you would think, okay, they're three back. The Jays are two and a half back, but those two situations aren't the same because Miami has to jump over Cincinnati and then San Francisco. And then one of Chicago or Arizona, like, when there's only a month left in the season, 30 some odd games for most of these teams, having a situation like the Jays are in where you need to catch one of three teams versus a situation where you need to leapfrog one, two, three, sometimes even four teams. And you're only three games back. 
that is way more difficult. And again, Toronto's got the head-to-head against Texas that we're going to keep leaning on. They have a somewhat easy schedule for the next two weeks. It, the situation isn't dire yet. It could very easily get there seven days from now when we record on Monday, September, whatever. It could be dire. But for right now, I still think it's 50-50 this team makes the playoffs. That's concerning that it's 50-50. But for the people who were writing them off on Twitter Sunday afternoon, I just I think that's foolish because, again, being two and a half back with three teams you could catch, it's not like they need to leapfrog four or five teams and win 12 in a row to get back in this thing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's you're not. Yeah, you're anybody who's feeling bad on Sunday after that game. They're not wrong. You're you're allowed to sit there and look at it and be like, I have no faith in this team doing any damage in October. They're just kind of mediocre. But if you're you have to kind of look at it objectively and look at the teams around them, too. Like, yeah, Seattle's killing it, but them killing it is probably going to result in them winning their division. Houston's just kind of bumbling along like they had a no hitter that turned into a ninth inning meltdown against the Detroit Tigers. The Tigers are bad. And, you know, Texas is playing the Twins and the Twins take three out of four. Minnesota's okay. They're fine. They're not a great team. Texas has gone like one in nine in their last 10 games and the Jays play them. So yeah, you can have a lack of faith that they're going to take advantage of the schedule and they're going to, you know, rip through Colorado, Kansas City, Oakland and Washington and win every single game and you can be skeptical that's going to happen. But to say that they're completely out of it now is just inaccurate because they do technically somewhat control their own destiny here, given the fact they do have a four gamer with the Texas Rangers and the Rangers are completely imploding. So it's, it's right there. It's, it's not necessarily because of them at all. It's more because of what's happening around them. If the Rangers weren't shitting their pants like this, then there wouldn't be much reason to feel optimistic. But at the end of the day, the Jays could just fall ass backwards and go slightly over 500 the rest of the way and make the playoffs simply because Texas's pitchers have all imploded and they, you know, win, <laughs> win 30% of their games the rest of the way. Like they could fall ass backwards into a playoff spot. The thing that I'm most worried about and what I'm paying attention to on the out of town scoreboard is number one, Texas, of course, that's who I think they should have to catch because they're the worst of those three West teams. And then also Boston, if the Jays fall behind Boston, if the Red Sox jump in front of them, then I think they're kind of hooped because like you said, in the national league, if you have to jump over a handful of teams, you're kind of screwed. So thankfully Boston's not really doing all that well either. So I, I, I really don't think it's impossible. They don't even have to play that well to make the playoffs. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty favorable hand, honestly. Yeah. Uh, let's dig into that a little bit more with, well, the AL East report slash the playoff report. But first, we're going to step aside here for a quick break. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Moving along on episode 175, brought to you by Batano. The game starts now at batano.ca. We will get set for the series against the Washington Nationals in just a second here, but we're going to get to the playoff report, and it is not with Brandon Douglas today. That is because our pal Brandon Douglas has done his internship with us, and he's off to start a full-time job at the new radio station in Edmonton. So we got a new producer joining the show, and it is Brett Holden coming to us from Nation HQ, rocking a nice baby blue Blue Jays jersey as well. Brett, welcome to the show. Let's dig into the playoff report. What's been going on going on around the Jays in the American League? Let's get right into it. We're going to start off with the Baltimore Orioles, the AL East leading Baltimore Orioles. They hosted the Rockies, had two wins and three uh, against the Rockies there. Now, the big news surrounding the Baltimore Orioles right now is that their big closer, Felix Bautista, has been placed on the 15-day injured list. He has been dealing with some degree of injury to the kind of the injury of of the year or injury of the flavor of the month kind of right now in baseball, the UCL as uh, now that it kind of complicates things for the Orioles as they have been pretty good at closing games considering he's well, arguably the best closer in baseball right now. So who is going to step up? Well, arguably one of the best relievers in the game right now. And Yenier Cano, he is probably going to get the first crack. However, Shintaro Fujinami, who they uh, acquired from the Oakland athletics got a save uh, against the Rockies as well in this uh, past, or actually got a win in the past uh, series with the Rockies. They are, uh, coming up next against the Chicago White Sox. So that might get a little bit ugly there. Grayson Rodriguez, Dean Kramer, and uh, Kyle Gibson, <clears throat> excuse me, will be getting the starts against the White Sox there. Now let's jump to the Tampa Bay Rays. And we're going to kind of uh, cross a couple of teams here off the list as the Rays faced off against the Yankees and the Yankees took one of two uh, or one of three, excuse me, against the Rays. And in the game, yesterday things got a little heated now the Rays won seven to four but after Randy Arozarena got uh, pelted uh, in the game the benches cleared for uh, the Yankees and the Rays now in that game as well a seven to four win Brandon Lau got a home run in the first inning he went uh, he also got a double and four RBIs and as well earlier on in this series now I'm going to bring back the Yankees in this conversation because that is who they played. Aaron Judge in the first game of the series, 0 for 4 with 4 strikeouts. It was not pretty. 
Not good. Not good. That is uh, some sort of golden sombrero. If you're uh, talking to me here now coming up for the Rays, we already you guys already chatted about them. The Miami Marlins, as this will be a pretty big matchup as it comes to the uh, playoffs here, as you already mentioned. Uh, Aaron Savali will start for the Tampa Bay Rays against Sandy Alcantara and then Zach Eflin will go against Jesus Lazardo as well. Now the Rays lead the AL East or the AL wildcard race, excuse me, by six games. So could be a pretty big game, obviously. Oh, I also should have mentioned that uh, the Rays won the series ender yesterday on Italian heritage night. So it was just an all around tough night in the Bronx. It's just not fantastic. Uh, And then let's wrap up with uh, the Boston Red Sox as well as they hosted the Los Angeles Dodgers. And as Vin Scully always said, it's time for Dodger baseball. And that's exactly what happened in Boston over this weekend as the Dodgers took two of three against the Red Sox. Mookie Betts made his return to the uh, Boston Red Sox to Fenway Park. And he really made the Red Sox regret or kind of remember what he (laughs) did. Seven for 15 in the series with a homer and four RBIs. Three of those came in the uh, end of the series, the series closer. Tanner Houck would get the loss and Nick Pavetta also getting a loss in the series. Now, The Boston Red Sox are coming up in a pretty big series against the Houston Astros as well. Another team that you guys just mentioned, Chris, Chris sale, Brian Bale and cutter don't with a K not a C Crawford will be on the bump uh, against the Houston Astros to wrap up that series. Some news around the uh, Red Sox right now, though, is that they are hopeful that Rafi Devers will be good for today as he did get negative a negative X-ray result on, his wrist he they are hopeful he will be back but uh the pitcher who actually got the win in the series against the los angeles dodgers brennan bernardino he hits the covid 19 il and speaking of pitching as well kenley jansen has been cleared to return now the uh boston red sox are four and a half games back from a wild card spot these are big times for the al east and well not so much for the Yankees as they just snapped the longest losing skid in franchise history since 1982. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Uh, it is getting interesting there. You mentioned that that Red Sox Astros series is going to be, uh, yeah. that's going to be fascinating stuff from the Jays because if you can take care of business against the Nats and Hey, maybe Boston does you a favor here, runs rough shot over the Astros. There's a chance you're, you're leapfrogging the Astros by the middle of this week. Unlikely when you consider everything that would need to happen, but, that's a Houston team that despite winning two in a row is just four and six in their last 10. Thank you very much, Brett. Of course. Thank you. All right. There you go. That was the playoff report with Brett Holden coming up next for the Jays three against the Washington nationals. The Jays are going Gosman Barrios Bassett. The Nats are going Josiah Gray, Mackenzie Gore and Patrick Corbin. Uh, Josiah Gray coming off a very good start against the Yankees where he went six innings and only allowed one hit and one earned run. He did walk five batters in that one though. Uh, Mackenzie Gore is going to get game two. He's been, you know, a a little bit up and down this season as a 24 year old starter, Patrick Corbin, 
He is, uh, well, certainly not living up to his contract, uh, but he, in his last start against the Yankees as well, gave up three earned over six innings. It's a Nats team that's really interesting, Cam, because I kind of look at their peripheral numbers and I'm like, ah, like over the last 15 to 30 days, they're kind of like league average when it comes to team hitting. They're kind of league average when it comes to pitching, but they're finding a way to win ball games, which is really fascinating. You mentioned it. It's a young team that's just kind of scratching and clawing for anything they can get right now. And that could be dangerous. Yeah, we've seen Jays teams like this in the past and like the 2019 Jays team, some of the best we saw from them was in late August and early September that you call up your guys from double A AA or triple A or whatever players are making their debuts and they just catch fire. You just have that young youthful energy of guys trying to prove a point trying to earn jobs next season you go back to the middle of august and the nationals have been good they you know they they started off like a nice little stretch sweeping oakland three game series and they win two out of three against boston they win two out of three against philly they win two of three in yankees stadium they win two of three in miami like those are all quality teams. Like the, the the worst team of that bunch, I guess, technically is the Yankees. But those are four different teams there after Oakland who came into the year with playoff aspirations. Uh, one of them in Philadelphia, who is a playoff team, a team that reached the World Series last year. So the, the Nationals are no joke. Like we, we, we look at this five series stretch for the Jays as all these garbage teams. Uh, I don't think Cleveland's a garbage team. I don't think Washington's a garbage team. So we're still in the more difficult part of the easy part of the schedule before we get to the easy, easy part of the schedule, which is kind of unfortunate. Um, I think for the Jays, you're looking for two out of three here. I wouldn't say it's just this cakewalk where you're going to sweep the lowly nationals. They're, they're really not that team at all. They're, they're decent. They're, they'll put up a fight here. Yeah, uh, that'll be, it's going to be a fascinating three games. Again, this is a Toronto team at home should be without a doubt, taking care of business here. You drop two or three to Cleveland you can redeem yourself a little bit here. If you rattle off three wins against the Washington nationals, a four and two start to this stretch is solid three and three, not ideal, but you can recover from that. If you don't win this series, I think it's, it's not the final nail in the coffin, but the coffin's getting pretty tight for the 2023 Toronto blue Jays. Um, the Nats said have won five series in a row. Kevin Gosman gets game one for the Jays. That's probably why our friends at Botano have them as such massive favorites. Minus 220 on the money line. One bet I do like in this ballgame is Kevin Gosman to go over six and a half strikeouts. Uh, he racked up eight against the Baltimore Orioles in his last start. He has been good with the strikeout pitch this season, averaging well over a strikeout and inning. I think he can get to seven against the Nats here at the Rogers Center. Uh, Coombsy, big three gamer. Give me a couple of things you're looking for in this one. For me, it's is this actually a heater from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. coming or was it just one good series? And two, it's going to be health. How much of Bo and Chapman do we see? Anything stand out to you? Yeah, those are two interesting ones. Uh, another interesting one, too, is what the bullpen can do. It's been used a ton. They've been pitching like crazy. So maybe we'll see a guy like Gosman get a longer leash and throw more than just your standard 100 pitches and go a little deeper into the game. Might see something like that. I also want to see, you know, is David Schneider going to play in all three of these games? I, I kind of hope so. I'd like to see him continue on with his heater. And then, of course, you brought up Bo and Chab and maybe they're injured. Is someone coming up from AAA? Who would it be? You know, are they going to go with more of the veteran journeymen like uh, Nathan Lucas or Ernie Clementor? Are we going to see an Aurelvis Martinez, Addison Barger make their MLB debut in the coming days? Interesting things to watch for we shall see 
Again, Brett touched on it, but the out-of-town scoreboard that you're going to want to be watching, it'll include the Astros and Red Sox going head-to-head. The Rangers are heading to New York to take on the Mets. The Seattle Mariners are taking on the Oakland A's. Three wins in a row, 9-1 and one in their last 10. The yeah. Seattle Mariners just scorching hot right now. But not a very easy series for Texas. The Mets are, are maybe starting to turn things around as much as they possibly could. Um, and then Houston, Boston, I mean, one team around you is going to be losing every night. So you can be gaining ground on someone Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. If you take care of business, uh, the Jays at the Rogers center, a big three gamer before they hit the road. Coombsy, you enjoy the baseball this week. I will try my best. Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.